The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hey, welcome moms and the dads that listen to and the kids and the pets. I am Jenny and this is Channel Mom where we do encourage moms. We focus on your amazing value, even though it gets overlooked by our culture all the time. Uh, you are, you know, the influencers of the next generation. So we appreciate you. All right. Have you seen the Barbie movie? Or maybe you're refusing to see it because you've heard what the critics have to say. All right. So Barbie may be crazy popular right now, but does it promote harmful messages to our children? Could this be paranoia? over an innocent kids movie or is there something more sinister going on here discover the hidden meanings behind barbie and learn how one woman wants to bring family friendly films to a screen near you jacqueline witt co-director of the family friendly screenwriting academy is gonna join us on channel mom we're gonna talk about barbie and also what we should be doing better in hollywood in particular so stick around for channel mom Are you a mom feeling overwhelmed? Let me tell you about a homeschooling mom from Montana. Tessa felt paralyzed until she discovered a drink called Happy Juice, a combination of three products, one for gut brain health, one for metabolism and mood, and a final powerhouse ingredient to increase productivity. With Happy Juice, Tessa's life went from paralysis to productive. Clinical studies report a 50% decrease in depression with Happy Juice. Learn more by texting HAPPY to 720-784-LOVE. That's 720-784-LOVE. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the compassionate care team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. I hope this show carries some meaning, some important meaning for you today, because we're going to talk about a very important topic when it comes to our children and also to moms out there. First, a quick shout out to the moms from across the country, all the entire audience from across the country who listens to us. So grateful for you. And also to our podcast listeners. Our podcast has grown quite a bit in the last year and really grateful to you for that. We can be found on, uh, you know, favorite podcast platforms. That's hard to say, like Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google, etc. And um, our friends at Podbean. So I, here's what I hope you will do is share a show when you like it with a, a friend that you have that, that might become a regular listener. We'd be really grateful if you would do that for us. And, and a quick shout out for our sponsors. You have alternatives.org. Go check them out. 
youhealthalternatives.org. They have a very unique way of, of approaching the, the, the grave and serious topic of abortion and come alongside people when they're in that situation, um, considering that. So I'm so grateful for them. Youhealthalternatives.org. And then my friends uh, who, who give you that happy juice. Um, I have a friend who swears by it. She went through a, a very difficult season of suicidal ideation and, and uh, depression, and she swears by Happy Juice. You can text 720-784-LOVE, 720-784-LOVE, and uh, you text the word HAPPY to that number, and hopefully it can make you happy. Right, Jim? <laughs> and one last quick thing before we get to our guest. I just have to say, um, on occasion, Channel Mom gets introduced to a single mom who needs our help, and that's why we have our Compassion Fund. And not too long ago, um, on Stefan Tubbs show right here in Denver, our friends at Arapahoe County, you know, they, my, my friend Ginger Delgado brought this story out about this wonderful um, sheriff's deputy who went to, you know, a, a call on a domestic and ended up buying groceries uh, for a mom and a couple of kids. And we found out they didn't have a mattress. So uh, we, Channel Mom, went out to purchase a mattress for them. But here's the thing, a a, a big, huge, grateful shout out to Denver Mattress in Lone Tree. Terrific people there. Um, Their manager, Michael, just immediately jumped to it. Didn't say, oh, so you want a bunch of charity and you want us to give you a discount just because this is a nonprofit. He didn't do any of that. When he heard the story, he said, yeah, we're going to help you. And he gave us an enormous discount. I'm not saying he's going to do that for everyone out there, but he did give us a huge discount. Big shout out to him for a king size mattress and box spring we were able to give to this family who just needed a mattress. So God bless those folks at Denver Mattress in Lone Tree. All right, let's go there. Um, Barbie land. That's what we're going to visit today. And uh, our friend Jacqueline Witt likes to start uh, by asking, does art reflect life or does life reflect art? Very good question. And we do have Jacqueline Witt in the house today. She's an award-winning screenwriter and co-director of Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy. And she's here to speak with us about how movies influence our culture and particularly right now the movie that is uh, on the you know tip top of a lot of people's minds, Barbie. Welcome to Channel Mom, Jacqueline. Thank you. Great yeah, to be here. yeah, we're we're glad to have you. All right, so as I said, we're going to go there today, Barbie Land, and let's here, do it. It, yes, let's do it. Here's why I've decided to talk about the Barbie movie today, because Channel Mom is a show for moms and for grandmas, and and our daughters and our granddaughters want to see this movie, but should they? And what is the movie messaging to our daughters and granddaughters? Are there destructive ideas or hidden meanings behind the seemingly innocent Barbie movie? So we're going to unpack that today and talk about the movie and the entertainment industry because Jacqueline is in the midst of it and she knows what she's doing and she knows what's going on. So she's going to talk about what Barbie is, maybe what Oppenheimer is, what's going on in those movies, but also about how she hopes to bring family-friendly content uh, to Hollywood. So let's start with this. A quick little clip from the Barbie movie. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Okay. So seemingly innocent, right? She's cute little Barbie and there's cute little Ken and they're just going to have a good time in Barbie land. Um, but... There are a lot of people across the country who have been outraged in, in, you know, their reviews of the movie and think that it's got very dangerous messaging. So I decided to go look for one pertinent clip. And, um, th- this is from the guy, the founder of Movie Guide, Dr. I think it's Ted Bear, but I'm not sure. Ted, Dr. Bear had this to say about the Barbie movie. 
But uh, Barbie just is terrible. The first few minutes, it's got a bunch of little girls playing with little baby dolls. Oh, is that it? And the girls oh. take the baby dolls and bash them and slap them. And we don't have to, and say we don't have to be mothers anymore. In Barbie land, men are the problem with all of society. It's hardcore feminist. So they've banished men so they have a better life. In fact, um, you know, Ken is the villain in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want to say that not everything he said is true. With all due respect to Dr. Bear, because I know he's, you know, an esteemed movie critic. But I went to watch the movie myself, even though I didn't really want to buy a ticket. I did go to watch it myself. And the the girls do not say that they don't want to be mothers. That That is not a direct quote. Um, maybe there's some intimation there, but they don't say we don't want to be moms anymore. So, I, however, as I watched the movie, I did see some destructive messaging for kids. What do you say to that, Jacqueline? Was there destructive messaging in Barbie? I think there was, and it was presented in a way that, um, okay, I think my first look at it as a screenwriter, uh, I could not tell who the audience was intended to be because it, it seemed to have a lot of really cute, innocent things that would appeal to, you know, younger, even like elementary school aged girls. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even the, the previews before the movie came on had, you know, previews for that age category. But then uh, there was a lot of stuff in there that it made sense for uh, women who were maybe in their 60s, 50s and 60s that they would have understood. And, and then there were messages for everywhere in between. And so for me, as a screenwriter, I, like my first job before I even start writing is to know who my audience is. And I just felt like it was all over the place. I would agree. I would agree. In fact, at one point I thought, you know what? They're trying to be plastic and profound at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I thought that's, it's not working. Um, so th- that's just my sort of criticism of the movie in general. But I, I do want to say a couple of things and I want your reactions to it. Sure. Um, yeah, there was some reference to motherhood at the very beginning and they, and they recreated a scene from 2001, A Space Odyssey, um, which some people say was, was sort of damning. But they, they did reference motherhood at the very beginning when the baby girls, when the girls were bashing their baby dolls and instead turning to a big, you know, monolithic Barbie a- as an alternative. Um, the, the narrator said, motherhood can be fun for a little while. And then she right. says, ask your mother. And basically intimating that motherhood isn't very fun. And then beyond that, the movie portrayed men as buffoons and power grabbing idiots. It it truly made light of men. But then I thought, you know what? I think maybe some of this is tongue in cheek. It's almost like a parody of toxic masculinity. But kids are watching that and they're not going to differentiate between parody and reality. And and so that definitely sends a message that that you know men are are idiots and 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 I think more than that it was sending the message that muscular or strong men are bad and and toxic and that women most of the time are the superior sex. So so what do you think about that? Am I going too deep or is that kind no, of where they were going? That is exactly where I went with it too because every type of woman is represented in Barbie Land, right? Any type of woman you could be, it's all represented. But for the males, there's only Ken, which they're all 
basically the same and that toxic masculinity, like you said. They, I actually, I took notes because I was just so shocked by Ken's character. I found him to be weak, codependent. He was an idiot. He was immature and psychotic. Like, for sure, that is not the kind of guy that girls should be going for. He was really messed up. Um, and all the Kens were like that. There yeah. was one other character that was male that was, he didn't fit in with the Kens, and he didn't even necessarily fit in with Barbie Land in general. There was nobody else like him, and so he joined the Barbies in order to basically not fall into this toxic masculinity that the Kens had. Yeah, Alan. And and the thing that Alan, I would yeah. say about Alan, by the end of the movie, I thought, are they saying that gay men are the only cool men? And that they're only, they're only ones worthy of hanging out with women. Because I, I kind of got that message from Alan uh-huh. that, that gay men are the only cool men. Um, yeah, that's actually one of my other notes was that the only, like, the representation for men, if they were straight, they were this, you know, toxic, psychotic, male, you know, hungry, power kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. Or they were gay. And yeah. therefore, they were practically women anyways. Like, just the way that it was portrayed. Absolutely. So, so again, I think, I mean, we, you and I can decipher as as women who are older and, well, you, you're not as old as me, but we, we can get it and we can cut through it. But but girls, I'm not sure what they're going to take away from this. And there were transgender women in, in the movie and, and they were playing women sometimes almost better than the women because they were they sometimes were portrayed as more powerful. Um, and, and so there are just all kinds of confusing messages for girls, I think. And then I, I want to say this. The producers, Greta Gerwig and her partner, not married to him. They have several children, but they're not married. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Um, I sort of felt like they must have an agreement that men like Ken are bad men. Um, and, and it was it, it, they took it a step further to say we don't really need marriage. And, and these two people are not married, even though, you know, they have kids together, but they're not married. Um, the, I thought that one of the suggestions of the movie was we don't need marriage. It's not helpful. It's not desirable. We are better as individuals pursuing our own individual identities. And more than that, we're better off hanging out with our own gender. But, you know, I if little girls are watching this, they're going to go away thinking that daddy is a dummy and he just wants to control mommy. I mean, I don't know. Am I am I overdoing it? I no, I agree with you. And in fact, let me back up and tell you a little bit about the history of the film industry and agendas that have yes, been playing yes, yes. out. Yes, yes, yes. Please do. So Please do. In in the 80s and 90s, um, that basically the agenda that was moving forward was to um, make parents look like they're the ones that ruin all your fun. Uh, you can't tell them anything because they'll wreck it for you. Yeah. Um, they won't understand you know, all those kinds of things. And so there was this separation between the children and the parents that was um, coming through the, the culture through movies. And they also were introducing uh, foul language for children, which at the time it had like a shock factor. But if you think about it, like now it's so desensitized that, you know, if an eight-year-old uses foul language, that's really not a big deal anymore. It's not so shocking the way that it was back in the 80s. Um, and, and so with these things, it's like they're just gradually dismantling things. And I, actually, maybe it's not even that gradual. That wasn't very long ago. And one of the biggest ways that they, um, you know, would tear men down is make them look like buffoons. Yes. And when I saw it yesterday, I saw the movie Barbie, actually. Um, and so it's fresh in my mind. And what I what I wrote in my notes was that their portrayal of masculinity is all about beer, violence. Um, they expect women to be useful scenery, 
men are dominating and power hungry. And that is how they're portraying masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. They've stereotyped it. And here's the thing. I, I thought, all right, I have to at least say this for a woman who's been through a bad experience with a man. Certainly there are some men who, who do operate that way, that, that are demeaning and, and objectify women and um, don't want women to have any power. I mean, yes, that exists. But it certainly is not the rule for men. And if anything, yeah, I think that we, we were trying to tell our girls men are toxic. They're bad. Women should be in control. You can't trust men with power. You should never get married to a man. I mean, Barbie was really clear that she did not want to get married to a man. Um, and I guess producer Greta Gerwig doesn't necessarily believe in it either because she's not married to her partner. So I, I, ugh, I didn't think it was as bad in terms of messaging as the critics were saying, but I did think it was dangerous for girls who can't decipher all of that stuff. Um, yeah, what would exactly. You say? They're too young, too young to discern. I completely agree with you. Um, and, and actually, um, what, I, what I found to be so strange is that there was this idea that when the Barbies are in control, everything is in order and everything uh, is well taken care of and the world is right kind of thing. But here, here's something, I don't know if you picked up on this. There, Ken did not even have a home. Barbie had her own home. All the Barbies had their own dream homes, you yeah. know. And the Kens, like there was a question at one point, where does Ken live? Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew. And so in a world... And they're saying this, that in a world run by women, the men are not cared for. But I, if you look back at our traditional history, when the men, if you want to say the men were running the world and the women were at home moms and all of that, the women were absolutely taken care of. They had homes. They had, you know, roles and purpose and everything like that. And so for them to say that there's this toxic masculinity when when the women weren't even, you know, taking, like they weren't even um, mothering these immature Kens, like there, there was nothing, no responsibility that they were taking for the community beyond just themselves having what they wanted. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that's the area in which they were being plastic. I mean, they even had the lead, um, Margot Robbie, walk like a plastic woman and and smile like a plastic person. And so they kind of admitted the superficiality of Barbie. But then they also tried to go deep. And I want to say one more thing, and then I want to get to what you're trying to to accomplish through the Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy. And and, and that is simply that I think that... There was a, there was dangerous territory they were treading on, but I think that Greta Gerwig, the, the, the director, I think director, not producer, right, um, is conflicted about motherhood because she definitely was sending bad messages like baby dolls are dumb because it just means that little girls have to mother all day long. Um, but then by the end of the movie, she was showing this this mother heroine and, and she had this message at the end. She said, it's OK to be just a mom, even though I don't like the term just. It's OK to choose to be a mom. That's a wonderful role. Like she was honoring motherhood. She had all this video, this kind of um, home movies of mothers. And, and so she, <laughs> she seems deeply conflicted about whether or not motherhood is a worthy role for women or if it's a dumb role. And, and so anyway, I just noticed that. And, and you can weigh into that. But then I want you to go on to talk about some of your goals for Hollywood in screenwriting. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And I actually felt like when they did get into saying that, you know, motherhood can be a wonderful thing or whatever, that that was very much an, an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. As if, you know, motherhood is something you can, you know, sprinkle into your life if you really want it, rather than understanding like the power and the, the purpose and like 
there's such a huge responsibility when you take on motherhood. And, and so, yeah, I, I felt that confliction too. And I kind of felt like it was, it was a mix between like wanting to be this really cute, uh, mainstream movie and an art house, you know, like, let me get you thinking kind of movie. And so that's kind of where I thought like from, just from an industry perspective, regardless of what I thought of the content, I just thought, I don't understand where this fits because I don't know who the audience is and it's not really fitting into a, a genre the way that we typically fit things I, I agree. And I want to make sure you get, because you've only got about five minutes left. They, they also okay. overlook faith completely. They kept referencing death in kind of a cute plastic way. But then at the very end, Rhea Perlman wraps it up and says, yeah, you're going to die. And all, all that's left is ideas. And and so there's no reference to, to a God or, or hope beyond death or, or hope in this life. So anyway, I found that interesting. But but you are the co-director, is that correct, of the Family Friday, Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy. And you have hopes for what Hollywood can be and the messaging that we can give our children and the things we can say about family and marriage. Tell us about that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, OK, I do believe that we can reverse this damage. Um, and really what it comes down to is people asking for what they want like when like for lately as there have been other movies coming out like even the sound of freedom and things like that that have had a different value presented um the more that people go see those movies the more that it's going to create that demand um and even streaming services will uh pick up on that because the industry basically the gatekeepers are the distribution side of things so is a movie going to be taken to theaters is it going to go streaming like there's there's like that final door for the movies to get out there to the audience. But what we're doing at Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy is teaching people how to write just really compelling stories without the agenda involved. Because whether it's a faith-based or secular film, there is a lot of agenda-driven storytelling going on right now. And Barbie was definitely one of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, but there's actually a much better way to make your point. And stories are something that, you know, it's been around all of our existence. Humanity, we always relate to stories. Um, and so it's really important. And what's amazing is that there are a lot of true stories that if those were told, people could really benefit from that. And so my first movie that um, that I had optioned, which is the first part of selling the movie, uh, it's based on a true story. And these kinds of movies really inspire people. So I just want to put that out there, that if there are any listeners, like if you feel like you have a story that you want to tell, yeah. um, you know, come to us and we'll help you get that done because 28% of the movies that are made fall into that category of that they were based on a true story. Right. And and so I want to say this too, because you said it before we went on air, that mm-hmm. that when you have an agendized movie like Barbie was to teach us that, that men are bad and that women should rule the world and that marriage is awful and, you know, it was agendized. But you said that people can see through the agendas of Christian movies too. And then and then they think, yeah. oh, this is just an agenda. I don't want to watch this. So you're saying we have, have to be careful as Christians and as faith-based people, if, if we want to bring movies that change people's lives in terms of faith, we need to look at stories and not an agenda, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people won't want to, they won't want to have that shoved down their throat. Like for me, it's the same thing. Even when I'm watching a Christian movie, I just feel like I don't need you to convince me. I just want you to show me a really great story and I will come to my own conclusions after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's the best way. We don't have to, especially for non-believers, 
Because if they see the agenda, then they're going to turn away. And that's exactly opposite of what we want. <laughs> we want to draw them in with a story that lets them, allows them to see God and allows them to see the saving grace that came through Jesus. Like, but, but you have to, to tell it in a story that is compelling. And I totally agree with you. I love what you're doing. Um, how do people find you? And, and, and I bet we do have some budding screenwriter, screenwriters out there. Or they just want to support what you're doing. How do people find Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy? Uh, the best way to start, actually, is go to writemyscript.academy. That's online okay. at writemyscript.academy. Uh, because we have different, um, like we teach a variety of, of things. And so on that website, people can actually choose which category they are, whether they're a teenager, whether they're just somebody who wants to learn how to write a screenplay, or maybe they're an author and they want to turn their book into a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, they can choose which category they are and download a free PDF, which will help get them started on the process. Awesome. Awesome. So say that, that uh, web address one more time, Jacqueline. Writemyscript.com. Academy. Wonderful. Oh, a joy to have you on. Thank you for helping us break down the Barbie movie. We didn't get to talk about the other popular movies, but that's okay. Um, Jacqueline Witt, the co-director of the Family Friendly Screenwriting Academy. So such a pleasure to have you on Channel Mom. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sure. All right. This is the time in the show where I thank you for being moms. Um, and, and I hope that was helpful to you. I didn't want it just to be a bash session of Barbie. I wanted it to be more constructive than that. So I hope that gets you thinking about what you want your children and your grandchildren to see and, and how you want to monitor that and, and what you want our culture to turn to. You can go support the movies that you want our, our you know, Hollywood to start producing. I love that advice from Jacqueline. But uh, in the meantime, I do want to thank you for, for being such an important influencer, influencer in our world. I don't know why I can't say that word today. Um, you are changing the world by the way in which you raise your babies and you love on your grandbabies. Uh, it often doesn't get acknowledged in culture or in movies, but but mothers are, are hugely important to how our culture goes. So thank you for all that you put into raising your babies well. Remember to check us out at channelmom.org. We help moms in all kinds of ways. Remember to share our podcast. You can also become a donor. We love our donors because they help us stay on the air. So just, just go to channelmom.org. You can become a donor there. You can pray for us. Yeah. All right. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Big shout out to my family and my mom and dad. Take care, you guys. If Channel Mom Radio and Podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to ChannelMom.org and click Donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together channel mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family we depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood our life-changing programs are over capacity so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids be a part of the change you want to see from others and families visit channelmom.org and click donate we thank you for your generous support and may god bless you for coming alongside channel mom.